0: Welcome to Business Talk with Henrietta. This is the place where we speak with the most up and coming entrepreneurs to figure out how they've built the life of their dreams. Those of you who follow along on Business Henrietta on Instagram, you know that I'm in New York right now and I'm here to interview a lot of entrepreneurs, founders, female founders, but also The reason why I'm publishing this episode right now is because this is the first time that I've interviewed someone who is not a female founder. This is Bertram Torslund. He's a Danish founder and now he's moved his company all the way to New York. I'm opening up for more genders, more voices, more stories to be told in this podcast because they are all so exciting, important and I think that both women and men can learn from each other. Men can learn from women and women can learn from men. And that's why we need to open up to each other. So enjoy. I'm uh, really excited for you to listen to this one. I am excited to hear what you think. Uh, the episode is also sponsored by the Norwegian Accountancy System, Tripletex and also AJ Products. And now I'm gonna say this in Norwegian because there are Norwegian brands. Episoden and er sponsor of the Norsk Airlines kapsler og også produkta. Now I'm gonna introduce Bertram Torslund. Let's go! And also a little disclaimer, have in back of your mind that this episode is actually recorded in a premium building with high ceilings, really nice view in New York, and that is why the quality is not as good as I wanted it to be. So turn the volume up and bear with us. Enjoy! And today, at the point of this recording, I'm in New York speaking with Bertram Toslund, the founder and CEO of Linus, the health tech platform for health professionals. Backstrom is originally from Denmark and started Linus back in 2016 and he's the only one to raise Denmark's largest Series A funding with 387 million Danish kroners on a 3 billion valuation. Wow! Over the last four years, they have scaled from 10 to almost 500 people, and are now present with offices in around Europe and in the U.S., including Copenhagen, New York, Berlin, London, Stockholm, Hamburg, and LA. And soon they'll also come to Norway. So that's great. We should be excited. Bertram is an economist by education and has worked for IBM before starting his entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey. And today, I want to speak with you. I want to know you as a person, learn what it takes to raise one of the largest Series A funding rounds in Denmark's history, how you think and what motivates you, and how it is to be a CEO for around 500 people at the age uh, yeah, in your 20s. So, welcome to the city of Thank
1: you very much, thank you for the introduction.
0: Yeah, are you happy, are you ready for, for this?
1: Yes, I feel ready. Yeah? yeah,
0: should we just jump into it?
1: Let's do that.
0: Okay, so let's go back tell us about yourself who are you where do you come from and what made you as the person you are today
1: yes so uh, who am i that's a that's a it's a great uh, existential question i guess but uh um, yes 30 years old now uh just moved here to to new york a few months ago with my with my girlfriend and um, and uh, finance and business administration by education, mm-hmm. but an entrepreneur by heart, I guess you can say. Yes, you are. Um, a, a, a kind of like a nerd, or at least a, a huge passionate about the human body and also the human mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I love to, to kind of nerd stuff about why and, and and how we people are reacting as we do and, and how we're behaving as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also why I'm super much in love with with the space that we're operating uh, within with Lenos, mm-hmm. the human body and the human mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm originally from Denmark, as you said. Mm-hmm. Grew up with my my brother and my parents in a little
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, town mm-hmm. outside of Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, but uh, but now I'm here, far away from home.
0: How is it to be in New York, like compared to Copenhagen? Is it is it different? Um.
1: Okay. Absolutely, yeah. I guess uh, New York is quite of like its own city.
0: Yeah, so you're in New York now. Uh, You've built this company starting from 2016. Have you always been interested in like kind of how did you jump out into this entrepreneurship, you know, building a company?
1: Yeah, great question. I think, you know, uh, growing up as a child, I always, you know, uh, loved building stuff and see them grow and I think even when I was a very little child back then I, I think I told it I called it like an inventor mm-hmm. I dreamed about being an inventor mm-hmm. and even today when we are when we are sometimes building something new I can feel that inner child that excitement about building something new mm-hmm. so I think from very early age I, I had like a desire of building something I think when I when I then became a little older uh. My teenage years mm. and and uh, when I started studying uh, at the Copenhagen Business School. Yeah, same uh, as me. Same as you. Yeah. I think uh, I for a couple of years were uh, convinced that my destiny was more in uh, in a, in you know more classic corporate uh, direction. Mm-hmm. So I started working in IBM uh, as a student assistant, but it didn't took long before I I realized that it was a little too bureaucratic for me, and I I uh, once again fall in love with, with the idea of, of building uh, something myself.
0: Uh, so you always wanted to be your own, uh, your own boss?
1: Um, at least being able to pursue my, my own ideas and mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. building something from scratch.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So when you're doing this, like you have come so far from when you started in 2016 up until now. There's, no, this is a journey you're 30 years old and you started when you were in your 20s. So, what what, what has been the biggest challenge along the way? Like, how, uh, tell us about that. Yeah,
1: um, I think having a podcast about entrepreneurship, I guess you have heard before that it, it is a roller coaster. So, there is, there is challenges uh, all the time. Mm. Um, and, of course, you, you you need to learn to, to kind of love that uh, but i guess if if you are if you are asking what what the biggest challenges has been then i, I think there is there's both some business liners related challenges and then there is some you know personal inner challenges that i guess most entrepreneurs are, are facing when they are building a company
0: tell us about them
1: um
0: first the leaners.
1: yeah i mean um one of the one of the largest challenges we had in Linus was to to um, to keep scaling and, and maintaining our culture during lockdown you know we um, we were on a on a quite you know steep growth curve of, of onboarding people opening up new offices yes. uh, we had to to uh, to hire and onboard 200 people in in uh, 2020 uh, and suddenly, know the world closed down that was that was quite of a like a challenge to to still be able to fully onboard people into your culture and and uh, i mean we're living in a digital world but i believe that uh or at least i i i strongly prefer building a relationship in person and then you can maintain it virtually but but uh, in these in these months we had to do it the opposite way around we had to to onboard people and, and
0: and start the relationship from the virtual way all the way.
1: Yeah, and it's okay, but but when you are so keen on on maintaining your culture that mm-hmm. we are in Linus, mm-hmm. then it was a challenge for us.
0: How do you think that has affected you now? Like looking at the world after Corona, like is the culture somewhat different now than what it was? Like,
1: um, I think you know. A culture is is a dynamic thing. It's it's changing all the way, but mm. it just has to, you know, uh, center around some very important focal points or like uh, values, mm. and th- those are still the same. But of course, we have changed. But I think what what uh, COVID and the lockdown did to us was that it forced us to kind of accelerate our ability to uh, adapt to a virtual world and. In that way, it was great because mm-hmm. now we are, you know, we have fifty-two uh, different nationalities, eleven offices around the world. We we have to, we have to cope with this digital world, right? Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, um, what is your culture like in Linus? Like short? Yeah.
1: Uh, good question. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's something that is difficult to to truly uh, explain, and especially if you. Just don't want to throw out all of these buzzwords right mm-hmm. um, yeah. but I think we are we are definitely having a, um, a winner culture we we do a lot to to make sure that that people uh, when they join lanes we, we have one requirement and that is that people want to somehow peak mm-hmm. with us mm-hmm. it's not that they have to peak in their career mm-hmm. or but they have to they have to um, have a, a dream and a wish of 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 wanting to evolve themselves, both professional, professionally and 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 personally, mm. um, while they are with us. And that just gives a very nice culture of people inspiring each other and people, you know, uh, as giving a spillover effect of uh, of uh, ambitiousness and mm. and great energy. And mm. uh, then we are also very, you know. Uh, inclusive and we are very um, informal uh, we try to you know vanish out the f- difference between personal and private life mm-hmm. we do not like to you know mm-hmm. define exactly when and how uh, you should you should solve your challenge you yeah, yeah. just want to uh, make sure that you understand what challenge you are about to solve um,
0: exactly yeah that sounds really yeah what would you say it sounds really nice, but it's also more complex than that. You cannot say that a company is like this, and then it turns out to be this. It's uh, everything's a process, and it's evolving, and it's relationships, and it's like things are changing all the way. You mentioned something about personal life. What what was mm-hmm. the personal challenges you you have faced up until now?
1: Um, yes. So I think um, again, there's multiple, uh, and also uh, I kind of. Think it it has depended a little bit on what what part of the journey we have been at um, i think one uh, main challenge along the way that i guess most entrepreneurs are somehow facing is is the um, is the um, not guilt but feeling of potentially you know um missing out on other
0: important things in life, right? Ah, yeah. So what are you missing out on? Like, What have you missed oh. out on? Okay, I'm taking a quick break here because the next... 1 minute is gonna be an ad in Norwegian. Så var det tid for å snakk om Text som er mitt regnskapsprogram. Tripletex er veldig fleksibelt og det passer for alle. Det kan skaleres opp og ned etter behov og bedriften kan også vokse med Tripletex. Det här systemet passer fra de till til de litt enda større firmaene. De är er faktiskt det mest brukte webbaserade regnskapsprogrammet i Norge med över 85 000 kunder, sikkert flere än det och jag är i hvert fall väldigt förnöjd. Du får allt du trenger i ett system, regnskap, faktura, lön, timeføring, årsopgör, projekt, resor och utlägg. Så jag har brugt Tripletex i över ett år nu och er väldigt nöjd. Si fra hvis du hjälp. De har en väldigt god også, som hjälper dig eh, vad du treng hjälp till. Så, det ligger också en länk här nere. triplex.no/gratis. Då kan du prøve det gratis i 14 dagar.
1: I think first of all it's not that I'm, you know, uh, i take totally responsibility of how I how I have spent my time, you know, so uh, I'm not I'm not complaining or anything, but I would lie if, if if I said that it has not been an inner challenge for me mm. to not sometimes feel, you know, incomplete in some of my other relations and lives, um mm. friends, family, partners. Um mm. I think, you know, dealing with sometimes a little bit of like a a dilemma of um are you you know you have a huge responsibility to your business, your partners, all your employees, you also want to take, you know, mm-hmm. uh, your responsibility as a good friend and a, and a son and brother and, and boyfriend. And,
0: exactly, because uh, I, can, I can imagine, like, as the journey you've had, as how how fast you've scaled, your prioritizing has probably been, like, the company is prior one. I don't know, could you set some words on, on how you... How you prioritize your because it's a challenge and then you mm. need to figure out how you can prioritize because I can feel that myself like I get totally fear of missing out when like there's something fun happening and and you know you got to sit be working because you have a deadline tomorrow or whatever yes so how do you prioritize
1: so I think time? you know I have definitely uh, learned a lot during this journey I think in the beginning yes I I did you know prioritize uh, Lenus more or less over everything else, including my own
0: what happened to your personal and well-being, relationships. Then, when you prioritize Linus?
1: I felt, you know, guilt, and uh, I I feel bad about myself. And I think, you know, being an entrepreneur, you, you, you need to feel good about yourself uh, because otherwise, you, have, you will have a hard time, mm. you know, believing in yourself. Yes. So, um. That was kind of like a, some kind of like a you know a paradox that mm. you were trying to do something for your business, but really what you need to do is to, to
0: focus on yourself.
1: <laughs> yes and no, but but at least make sure that, that you are not you know just uh, you know um, neglecting things mm. that over time mm-hmm. will will just make you even more focused and, mm. and uh, energized and full of confidence.
0: So how do you how do you create that confidence within yourself?
1: Um, that's a good question. Uh, I think there's many ways to do it. Uh, and I think there's no simple answer to it. To it but um, I think for me, I do not personally believe so much in, you know, shouting, uh, you know, self-positive affirmations in the mirror. You are the shit. No, <laughs> it's. I guess that's, and uh, that's not what I believe in. It's great if people are, you know, feeling that it, it fuels them up. But what I believe in is to, um, you know, keep promises to yourself. You know, do things that makes you proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, confidence. What is confidence? Confidence is that you trust, you know, yourself, mm-hmm. and. When do you trust another person? Mm-hmm. That's when they kind of keep their word, you know, that you the integrity that they are doing what they're saying and saying what they're doing. Mm-hmm. When do you trust yourself? I guess it's the same, right? So you have to do what you are saying or thinking and you need to say what you are doing and you need even when nobody is looking, you, you need to be good. Yeah. I mean, you can you can you can get away with many things, you know um without people noticing, but over time I think that will, that will kind of, you know, slowly yeah, you know, decrease you. your own yeah. confidence. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you tell yourself that you will wake up tomorrow morning and go to the gym and you do it, then you will slowly build your self-confidence mm-hmm. a little stronger. If you are not, it will slowly go the opposite way around.
0: Exactly, and also think about like keeping your promises and also keep your promises over time. Be persistent. Do it consistently. So if you say, I'm going to go to the gym, it doesn't matter if you go to the gym tomorrow and that's the only gym time you have. Mm. It's, it's the overtime, like 20 minutes a day. That's, that's enough uh, instead of doing like 10 hours a day, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I, I totally agree. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: a mediocre plan done for a year is definitely beating a perfect plan done for a month. It's it's so important with assistance. With
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But in general I think, you know, you just have to make yourself proud and mm. you know what it takes in your, you know, private relationships and in your professional relationships. Mm. If you were to bet on another entrepreneur, mm. I guess you would bet on the one that you, you mm. know felt was most.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about trusting yourself and just do it. Yeah. But how do you get motivated? How do you motivate yourself to wake up every day in the morning.
1: Yeah, that's also a good question. Thank you. Questions. <laughs> <It's a> very <laughs> good deep questions. Yeah, yeah. Um so how do I get motivated? I think um, um you have to sometimes allow yourself to uh, to stop up and reflect. I think if you are constantly you know looking forward and and just having you know eyes on the prize and and are never reflecting then you will always compare yourself to what your target is like you know what what is your vision like and then you will always feel you know uh, that that you are shortcoming to that because Mm -hmm. you're not there yet Mm -hmm. so you will constantly find yourself behind but if you stop up and you reflect on where did I start then you will constantly be you know above where you started and you will you will at least that fuels my energy a lot and my motivation a lot mm-hmm. to to remember to to look at progression more than just uh,
0: the end goal Yes exactly so you have had a lot of progression okay, I'm taking one more break for one minute I'm gonna talk about. AJ Products in norwegian again. <laughs> ja, då vill jag stolt snakke om min nya sponsor, nämligen AJ produkta. AJ produkta, det är er ett imponerande sällskap som har i all sin drift vært familjeägd och det står det stor respekt i. De har bygget seg upp siden 70-talet och nu är er de i 19 land. Aydod-produkter allt från kontormöbler, butikmöbler, inredning till konferenser, garderoba och till och med möbler till skolan. De har faktiskt allt vad du kan tänka dig till kontoret. Och många tror att Aydod-produkter producerar varor utanför Europa, men det här stämmer faktiskt inte. De har många varor producerat i Europa i hög kvalitet och mye är er också egenproducerat. Hos AJ produkta så får man mycket för pengarna. Prisarna, de är er förnuftiga. Så visst du är er på utsikt efter nya kontormöbler eller bara en enkel uppevaringsbox, ett skåp eller hoj heve- till hemkontoret, så lovar jag dig, AJ produkta, de har så mycket på hemsidan deras. Så det är er bara att gå in och checka ut vad de har. Jag har lagt till en link till hemsidan här i beskrivelsen och du De til hele Norge. And now I want to go a little bit more into the, the things you've actually done. Like you have raised Denmark's history's largest Series A funding. You've expanded to all these countries, so many employees. How we need some more fundraising tips because you know 2% of the funding goes to female entrepreneurs in the world. That's insane. We need to change that. Absolutely. So now, give us all the goods, give us all the gold, how do you fundraise? So, uh, do you have any fundraising tips and how have you done the fundraising process?
1: Yes, yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think the fundraising landscape is, uh, is, is very interesting. I think my number one piece of advice would also be for everyone else to, to um, Fall in love with with the the idea of trying to understand fundraising. I mean, um, when you are going into a relationship with anyone else, or if you are making a partnership, you you are if you are a skilled salesperson, you you try to understand, you know, your potential partner, your potential buyer, mm-hmm. try to understand, you know, where are they coming from, mm-hmm. what's important for them. You know, people they often just stay on their, you know, um, their lane and they, they, they pitch and they answer questions and without truly understanding why are they getting the questions they are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, try to try to understand um, what will an, an investor potentially think of you, what concerns might they have, uh, what is important for them. I you know, that they, they have they're having responsibility and a job as well. Mm-hmm. They are having limited partners investing mm. in them, asking them to invest their money. And mm. um, if you understand them and where they're coming from mm. and what their concern could be like, mm. you will have a much more easier time, you know, answering the right questions, mm. making sure to to uh, to lower their concerns about a uh, potential topic. So, how
0: was your fundraising process? How long did it take, and how did you set it up? Did you structure it in in some kind of way?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I and that might potentially be my advice number two that is to prepare you know i guess i spent eight percent of my time preparing um eighty percent uh eighty percent yeah um and then the final you know twenty percent of actually pitching and talking to investors and closing the deal i think during the those eighty percent preparation time i was you know researching i was trying to understand you know what what is what is what what are they asking about and what why and and um, and trying to to also make sure that 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 you are talking to investors who who you believe you can you can have a, a great long term relationship with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think ad- advice number three is to you know, I just said prepare prepare, prepare, but maybe you should start uh, with spending ten percent of your time uh just you know throwing yourself at it mm. pitching and then uh you should definitely not you know burn off your your key priority investors in the beginning you should maybe talk to some of those that is okay not to close the deal with because mm. you you won't probably not close the deal with the first one you talk to but what you should use the first few conversations to is to just collect. Uh, intel understand what they will be asking about then you should probably spend the remaining 70% of the time you know iterating on that and and preparing and then you can start talking to some of the investors that you really would like to team up with.
0: Okay I see so you kind of practice on others to pitch or you practice on uh, kind of ask like you're talking to many people practice your pitch refining refining make it better Then understand and then you What's well, the deal? <laughs>
1: yeah. When you say it like that, it seems a little rough, I think, you know, and, and um, you, you can do it in a very honest way, you know, ask for advice. You know, investors, they, they, are, they, are, they are people too, and most often people are nice, they yeah, want to yeah, help yeah. you. So if you are just being honest, uh, ask questions, but, yeah. but maybe make sure to do it with those that you, that you are, where you don't want to show your dirty underwear to.
0: <laughs> dirty underwear. Yeah, but I have I have this um, I got this um, good one uh, that if you're ask if you're asking for money, you'll get advice. If you're asking for advice, you'll get money twice. Twice. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so, that, why do you say that?
1: That's the same.
0: Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that it was twice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but but how do you put up a good pitch then? How how do you pitch to investors?
1: Um, I I do. I should always start start with like a core story, and that core story has to, you know, be built around what an investor want to hear. Mm. Um. So, so, um, you know, I think there's no perfect recipe. It also depends on, you know, your, your business and the market. But, but um, you need to answer all the questions mm. that the uh, 99 of the questions that an investor might have. Mm-hmm. You don't wanna. You know, be caught uh, Mm. in a situation where during uh, the final 20% of Mm. the process is in a situation where you suddenly have to mine a lot of data and Mm. do a lot of analysis. Exactly. I think one more piece of advice is to be honest. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. you don't, like in any other relationships, you don't want to go into a relationship on a lie. No. I mean, you are teaming up with, hopefully you're teaming up with someone where it's a long-term partner. Mm. Uh, I've met many founders who are, you know, super much regretting that that they were, you know, kind of not showing their main challenges to the investors.
0: I see, and it's almost like getting married to a because you're getting kind of an like when you get investors on board, you kind of getting an employer because they use their money they want to put your money, like their money, in you or in your company to make their money work for them. So they're putting it on you because they want you to work for them. They believe in you and the company so that their money can work on them. So that will, they will also have, you know, um, I think they will have, like, they will always pick you on the shoulder. Like, how's it going? How's my money? And they will always have something back. So when you're saying, it makes sense, when you're saying, like, it's all about them, it's about them not about you, it's about them. What do they want? If they give you one dollar, they want to have $10 back in 10 years.
1: Yeah, but then I guess it's also very important that, that you as a founder are doing your due diligence. You don't want to, you know, some investors are like that. They are very, you know, they they insist on having, you know, a very high level of governance and control. And and it's that's not all investors that are like that. Mm. Um, hopefully you will team up with someone just like a co-founder that believes in you and Mm -hmm. will you know not poke you to to you know get the
0: Do you have a co-founder?
1: Yeah we call it co-founders in the early years um, um, there was a handful of people joining the journey and and, uh, today we are uh, four Mm -hmm. people that we call co-founders.
0: Do your employees get shares in the company?
1: Um, We are working on a warrant program Mm -hmm. so that's the ambition. Mm -hmm. There's a few uh, along the way that have asked if they could you know invest in liens so that's not like a warrant but that's more like where they have been purchasing a share.
0: And are they allowed to do that?
1: Yeah they are allowed Mm -hmm. to and we we are are working on a warrant program so we can make it more um, available for everybody.
0: Exactly, But how do you kind of like how do you negotiate a good deal then? How do you negotiate with investors? Because I uh, There was one thing I want to say before uh, we continue. Because um, I think there's like this um, stigma around founders being kind of desperate around investors. So like, if there's an investor that is interested, that want to put their money on you, that's like, yes, that's amazing because it's so. It's like scarce resources. So mm-hmm. that like, if if there's one interested, and they don't care about how that investor is or mm-hmm. if if they're the same values or if they're even have the same experience as they need and it's like just because it's money and it's an investor that is interested you just you want to take it because you want to take it right so so that's really important that you're saying do your research on the investors too, kind of be skeptic and mm. be kind of critical upon who you want to team up with
1: yes yes um
0: but my question was not about that. That was just a side note. Uh, and uh, just um, cheers to you. Uh, how do you negotiate?
1: Um, it can sound a little cocky. And, and it should cocky. not. but I, I, Yeah, it, could, it can sound a little cocky. But yeah. I do not see myself negotiating mm. with investors. I think you said it before that it's like getting married, right? Mm. Are you negotiating with your
0: potential partner
1: I guess not <laughs>
0: <laughs> no you are no, I'm just negotiating who's going to clean who's going to <laughs> take yeah. out all the washing machine and stuff
1: you are aligning on a f- few key things yes uh, exactly. but but it should not be you know where you are mm. pitching and uh, desperate and are negotiating too much but of course then again you have to negotiate on a f- few key terms mm. but but you know you need to make sure that that the that the investors you know are confident in you and believing in you and mm. are not not only you but also your idea mm. and your mm. concept
0: exactly so what about i think there's a difference between like do you have any advice for female entrepreneurs who's raising money
1: um yeah i think you know Um. Overall, they might be the same, you know, they, they might be generic, but there might be a few more for for, for female founders and investors. Yeah, on, let us know. Um, and I, I think it's very unfortunate that it has to be this way. But I think female founders mm-hmm. need to make sure that they are not um, wasting their time mm-hmm. talking to investors that might still be, you know, thinking very conservatively about stereotypical uh, uh, traits of a founder. Mm-hmm. You said it before. Only two percent of mm-hmm. of uh, fundraises are done by by uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: female founders. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it looks like in Denmark and, and Norway, but but th- around thirty six percent of all founders in the U.S. are females. Mm-hmm. So it's not a question about the pipeline, right? There is there is so many brilliant female founders so so why are they not getting uh, enough funding
0: yeah what once your what is your answer to that question like why do you think it's so i
1: don't i don't have uh, you know any any um, good answer but but when i talk to to other female founders mm. uh, their hypothesis is that some investors are you know wrongly thinking about uh, some stereotypical uh, traits of what it takes to be a founder so uh, some of the female founders i've talked to they say that they have been questioned a lot about their aggressiveness or competitiveness and you know stuff like that so my my advice for for female founders is to make sure that they do not waste their time mm. talking to investors and funds that might think like that right mm. luckily i think you know uh, the more and more, in the majority of, of investors are, you know, getting more, um, you know, enlightened about this skew and and that this uh, poor ratio. Mm-hmm. But I think there is still a few out there that is not showing great statistics historically about who they invest in. Mm-hmm. I think an advice would be to look up uh, uh, the investors and see who have who have actually. Uh, Great at at the investing in in females.
0: Exactly, but I think also it's about you know uh, culture and the way relationships are built as well. It's kind of really like foundational. I think men kind of invest in men, and then we need females investing in females because we need there's more male investors out there than there's females. I actually spoke with a female entrepreneur here uh, in my trip to New York. She's built three companies, raised, how much was it? Uh, Two million, I think. And she was, she don't have any female Mm. investors on her uh, cap table because she was actually talking with a female that has, Mm. that is an investor. And she was kind of, you know, really harsh on her and being like um, almost rude. Um, yeah and I think that could be also a tendency within females that some females can be you know I don't know jealous or or like they built themselves up so much like they are so it's like a harder way to get up as a female investor than it is maybe for a man because that's the culture and that's how it's been for a long time Mm. so so when we see that more female investors come out and they start to kind of push down (laughs) female entrepreneurs again that's a really bad spiral,
1: yeah, wow, yeah,
0: yeah. she told me that, and I was just in shock, so so you know there's a lot of different dynamics here, and and there's no answer. this is just me reflecting, I don't know why I don't have the answer, and mm-hmm. you don't have either, but we can talk about it, open the discussion, and make people reflect on what how they're acting. Yes, yes what's your biggest dream?
1: Oh, one more of those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Big questions. I think, you know, for for leaners, and mm-hmm. that is your, you know, also part of me, a mm-hmm. huge part of me, uh, the biggest dream is to, you know, democratize accessibility to to uh, mm-hmm. living a healthy and happier life. And mm-hmm. um, it motivates me so much to, you know, to see when we're doing, uh, you know, research on how people are feeling before and after <laughs> uh, working with with a lifestyle coach, yeah. and, and I think there is so much more to do. You know, yeah. the world is unfortunately becoming more and more unhealthy, and and you know, depression rates and and uh, lifestyle diseases are, you know, the rates are going through the roof, right? And we have never n- had more information about living healthy, and we have never invested so much in. Uh, Healthcare system, but still we are living, you know, worse and worse. And um, so that is a dream to 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 try to, uh, you know, revert that trend, yeah. and, and also to to uh, try to break down some of the, um, you know, considered, uh, you know, it walls between the fragments of mental and physical health. Mm-hmm. We have an agenda and lens to try to. To accelerate, you know, the understanding and adoption of a more holistic perspective mm-hmm. on health. I think, you know, physical health is very often a product of your mental health, and the opposite way around too. Mm-hmm. So um, that is a dream for me, uh, for me to with Linus.
0: So we have, we all have one body. We have the mind. We have the soul. We have the muscles. So we need how to keep everything intact. To have a good health. So, what is, what is like the plans going forward? Then, like seeing in like one five years forward with Linus. Um,
1: yeah. So m- many things are cooking, and uh, we have some different north starts that we are running towards. Uh, we will keep expanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we are we are slowly going into to Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also opening up in, in other countries. We mm-hmm. also want to go to to the east. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we have a global vision to be a global person right um we are investing uh, heavily also in uh, our product and uh, you know uh, an ai within the product and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, then there's all the personal the personal journey along the way right mm-hmm.
0: uh, how does the product work really like shortly how does like the business model work for Linus?
1: yeah so um you know um it, one of the fundamental issues with the with the uh, with the global uh, health uh, is that there is an imbalance between supply and demand. There's mm. so many people needing someone to help them living a healthier life. Mm. Uh, health is not, you know, something that has to be fixed. It's something that has to be lived, maintained. Yeah, and lived, you know, and and it's a lifestyle, and mm. you know, your your habits, you know. Your lifestyle is the sum of your habits, mm. and changing a habit can be difficult, I guess we all know. So uh, it it can help you a lot to have a coach, you know, uh, who can help you, guide mm. you, uh, changing your habits. But unfortunately, having a coach has historically just been, you know, a, a luxury for the few, you know, mm. those that can afford yeah. it and those that, you know, might live close by a coach. So that's some of the barriers we are trying to break down. So we, we try to... Empower coaches to to scale and mm. um, the, 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 their impact and the number of people they can help. Mm. We do that by providing this intelligent platform mm. that can help them work more effectively, but mm. without you know uh, removing what what it what matters that's the human connection. Mm. And then uh, we also help them, like an like an accelerator program. Mm. We help them you know build their businesses because. Most coaches, you know, they're yeah. experts within their field of mm-hmm. health. And, and
0: Exactly. I feel like there's so many coaches out there. And especially here in New York, people are more inclined to do coaching and stuff here. Like, you could do coaching for one specific thing. Yeah. Like, you have so many coaches with so many specific niches. So, you could do it either for your mental health, your business, your sports, your, uh, you know, it, it's so many things. I met, like, yesterday I met this uh, called um, <laughs> divorce coach
1: mm-hmm. ah, okay yeah, yeah so
0: she's like specials she was a lawyer in divorce lawyer ah. before and now she's like a divorce That's cool yeah coach so there's can be coaches for everything she yes. help us fix everything I also have a coach like a, a business coach which helped me with my personal life and my you know business goals and where I want to be, yeah. uh, and I also started. I got a, a message here uh, some days ago that a woman who wants to build her brand to become, you know, um, she's working in sales in a big company in Norway, and she wanted to like, you know, expand that. She needed someone to help her, you know, reach her goals, yes, and become that person she wants to be. Yes. And I'm going to help her with that. Yes, yeah. so exciting! Like we can do, we can do so much with this, like helping each other. And Giving each other advice. So we're now snar- we're soon getting towards the end here. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything uh, you, <laughs> you regret doing, not doing? Oh.
1: Um, yes, probably yes. I mean, you know, like what's um, the
0: worst or the best?
1: Oh, um, I mean, running running a business with uh, a lot of people uh, requires that you take a lot of decisions and. I would lie if I said that all decisions I've made were the right ones. So there is uh, probably a lot of decisions that mm-hmm. I would, uh, if I could, go back in time and mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. I think um, I, I might not be able to recall, you know, any specific major things, but there is, there is definitely things.
0: It's good that you're saying that, though, because nothing is perfect. You cannot make the best decision. Every every time, and, and we also learn. Uh, if you were to give yourself now you're thirty, and when you were twenty, before yeah. you started all this, with all the knowledge that you have now, what advice would you give yourself then if you were twenty?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I think two things. I mean, uh, I would probably tell myself to remember uh, to celebrate mm. because not only because you know what uh, you know what is life actually about right so if you are constantly just you know on to the next journey then you know what is the what's the purpose but also because I you know when during the last couple of years I've realized you know that that uh, celebrating is not only fun but that is it's also super fueling for your energy and your creativity and your motivation and and uh it's kind of like you know it's it's that is self-affirmation that you that you that you allow yourself to 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 feel that you that you are doing something good and Mm. something great and and you will take that feeling with you Mm.
0: and so enjoy the process
1: enjoy the process remember to celebrate remember to have fun invest in time that might not seem like it's productive right mm-hmm. now but it is it's mm-hmm. like you know if you ask me to you know uh cut hundred trees i would probably once in a while stop up and you know sharpen the axe it's the same you know and um, mm. you, you will go faster you that's will, a
0: good picture yeah. and i
1: think also there's a famous saying that you know the person who enjoys walking mm-hmm. will, you know or running will run further than the one who just enjoys crossing the finish line, right? So, so celebrate, <laughs> because I, I personally forgot it.
0: You've gotten some quotes here. Yeah. Yeah. I love the quotes. I love them. I will use them. Yeah. I will use them for my Instagram account. That's cool. Where I can post it, like, if you like running. Oh, I love it. Okay, so you're also telling about investing, and this is kind of the last question that I normally ask every guest. Yes. If you got 5 million kroners right now, to invest or to do whatever you want what would you do with them
1: yeah uh, i'm afraid of sounding cocky again but <laughs> i mean we raised almost 400 million last year mm. so i think what you're really asking about is for me to think big right yeah so <laughs> okay. i, <don't>, I,
0: <laughs> I could change the amount to like five i could say like one million dollars
1: no but i understand the question and mm. it's important mm. because it's important to think big mm. um and i think what would i do i would probably uh you know invest in in opening up even more offices or further invest in some product initiatives and uh i i'm not in a place in my life where i am yet you know picturing uh investing in uh so much else than linux mm-hmm. i'm i'm not actively s- investing in in stocks and shares mm-hmm. or, or anything like that mm-hmm. you know a little bit of real estate and mm-hmm. then linus
0: okay so you wanna when you're done with linus like because there's probably an exit with linus what do you want to do that
1: yeah um so i would love to and it sounds so you know holy but i would love to give back to the to the entrepreneurial scene right mm-hmm. uh i think also because i just love you mm-hmm. know Startups. So I would love to, to invest in other startups mm. and uh, and see where I can I can Help. you know contribute. Yeah,
0: and have an impact.
1: Have an impact. Yeah,
0: and that's what it's all about. Having an impact. We're having an impact. Sharing your story here with everyone. Uh, we're having an impact by you know meeting, creating good relationships, and also building and doing what you love. So exactly. Last thing is like, wow, what should our listeners do? What should they think about? uh, What should they do, like actively go out to do after listening to this conversation? What would you say? Like one thing. Um,
1: I think, you know, they should remember that everything started with an idea and backed with someone believing in (laughs) themselves. I think uh, people should believe in themselves and then they should not be afraid of looking stupid i think uh people are avoiding learning new stuff not because they're lazy because but because they they hate feeling stupid
0: exactly oh you're so right
1: so and i think Mm -hmm. you know uh if you if you can find a way to to don't care about that you know little bit of time where you feel stupid because Mm -hmm. all all, you know, skills and lives has to be thought. If if you can learn that, uh, and, and, and also if you can have confidence and, you know, uh, a good idea, then mm. I think you can come a very long way. Mm. Those three things are key.
0: Mm, definitely, it is uh, key. And it's also about, like, yeah, don't be afraid to look stupid, because if you're going to build great things, you need to kind of get out there and do something that not everyone does. Yes. So... That's the thing you're going to do. Don't yeah. go out and be stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah, please.
0: Please do so. You'll learn
1: so much. Yeah, yeah.
0: Bertram, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Link. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for inviting me here to yeah. New York. And of course. It was so nice. So guys, we'll um, see you in the next episode. Bye. 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 <laughs>